morning. Welcome to First Baptist Sandy Springs on this beautiful Father's Day. The Lord has given us a beautiful day for our Father's celebration today, and we're here to celebrate Him. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing together, praising the Lord.
Well, good morning and welcome to worship. I'm Mitch Hagens, and on behalf of Pastor and David, Pastor David and Jeannie Shivers, uh, welcome to our 10:30 gathering. Pastor and Jeannie are away. They are uh, on some well-deserved vacation in southeast Georgia, northwest, northeast Florida, and uh, we'll see them again next Sunday, Lord willing. My role today is that of filling the pulpit. I get to do this for pastor when he takes vacation or is away, and it builds on my seven years having been an associate pastor at a church in northeast Georgia. So anytime I can stand in God's pulpit and, um, and bring forward the word, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for me. Thank you for being here today. Uh, in the worship folder, if you'll do two things for me. One, uh, take the worship folder that uh, you were given as you came in today. And two, in the pew in front of you, there's a pen. I need you to make just a couple of notes if you wouldn't mind. I'm going to give you some names in just a moment, and I'm going to ask you to pick a name and pray for that person this week. But as to announcements on the right-hand side, on the inside, there's a meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll be working on Vacation Bible School again this Monday night under the ministry of Circle Sisters for Christ. You come, uh, a man, woman, uh, you just come tomorrow night. There'll be plenty to do getting ready for Vacation Bible School in July. You'll see those dates, and we would appreciate you helping us get the word out. We've got it on the sign out front. It's on our website. We're doing some work on Facebook, but we really would appreciate you talking with people you may know about our Vacation Bible School this July. The other announcement is about homecoming on August the 18th. Pastor is uh, putting together a series of testimonies for that day, not one guest speaker, but a series of testimonies that will capture your heart and mind as we gather together on uh, August the 18th for that homecoming service. So you plan to be present, you plan to be here on that day. And with Bible, Bible School, if you are able to help, we have a number of wonderful opportunities from, um, from uh, snacks to crafts to teaching, great opportunity to minister to others at Vacation Bible School. Uh, for prayer concerns, so I'm going to go through a list of prayer concerns that we went through on Wednesday night this week. We have prayer meeting Wednesday night at 6.30. Pastor brings a Bible study and then we, um, we move into prayer time and some of these are from there. But I've got a list of about 10 names that I'm going to add to this today and that's where I want you to come in and participate. If you'll just make a note of a name and pray for that person this week, we'd be very grateful and I know they would be. Hal Bennett continues at Northside Forsyth Hospital. He's now in his fourth week uh, being in hospital, had four surgeries. Um, we are looking forward to Tuesday. That may be the day he gets to go home. And so we'd be delighted for you to pray for one of our deacons, uh, Hal Bennett, and for Carol, his wife. Terry Gutwillig is still recovering from Achilles surgery and would appreciate prayer. Angel and Katie Hartsfield, our job for Angel and school for Katie for this fall is very important to um, their, uh, their, her grandfather, Charlie, and to us uh, as a church body. So you remember Angel Hartsfield. Violet Joy is a little baby that we've been praying for, a baby that was adopted out of China 
about two years old who had some significant heart issues, including a hole in the heart. And those have been repaired, but there's more to do and there's more to pray for, for Violet Joy. So if you would remember her, we'd be very grateful. Jackie Keating is on our prayer list. Sanda Mabry Moltz is also there. Jeannie Ross, recovering from surgery, is on the list. Patty Ray Stanley, a friend of Kathy Yoakum and uh, several of us, uh, is in cancer treatment, would appreciate prayer. And Peggy Thompson's recovering from surgery. Those are names that if you were here Wednesday or you're here on Sunday, you hear routinely and regularly. Let me give you several others. Trudy Oates. Teresa Murphy. You can write any of these down. Just choose one. Sam Day. Van Blair. Peggy Wade. Dewanda White. John McDaniel and Rick Allen. Those are names that you may not know. They may not ever cross the threshold of this place, but they are very vibrant and active on our Facebook page. I'll talk in a few moments about that work, but um, we post scripture twice a day, and we have hundreds of people who acknowledge it and make comments and these are among the most frequent users of our Facebook page. They're following us, and they're following the work of Christ in this place. And so I thought it appropriate that we would add them to our prayer list this morning. You choose a name, you pray for that person, and thank the Lord for what they're doing. And the final thing I have in this uh, segment this morning is Father's Day. And Kathy Yoakum, I don't know where you're seated, but Kathy Yoakum has the uh, marvelous task of um, creating cardiology needs in our congregation. And the way that Kathy does that is she passes out dark chocolate. So if you were coming in as a, as a gentleman this morning and you didn't see Kathy and you didn't get a piece of candy, and even if you're a lady and you'd like chocolate, we'd love to give it to you. So um, uh, Kathy is going to walk through the, uh, uh, down the aisle, and you just raise your hand if you'd like a piece of chocolate. Oh, sure, fill the kids before they go to Kids Zone. Really good there. I guess you're not working in Kids Zone today, Kathy, are you? No, okay, well, you may be now. <laughs> the workers are going to run like their hair's on fire. It's Father's Day. And um, there are things that I could say to you about the significance and the role of fathers in the home. There's uh, things I could say to you about, about uh, the influence of my father and uh, Donna's father in our life. There are things I could say to you from God's word that um, encourage us, no, command us to honor our fathers and our mothers. So on this day, on this occasion, the candy is lovely, the laughter is fun, but this is really serious. How do we say thank you to people, some of whom are here with us and some have gone on to their heavenly home? So as we pray today, we'll pause for just a moment for you to reflect on that man in your life, that person in your life, 
and you ask God's blessing. So let's pause. So, Father, thank you for the quiet of this moment. And as my father sits here on the front row, I thank you for him and for his ministry in our lives and ministry in countless grands and greats for many years and many years to come. Lord, I thank you for my own father who now is in heaven with you. And I thank you for the lessons of hard work and diligent labor that he taught me. Father, I thank you for the faith that is mine, not because they granted it to me, but because they showed me what faith could look like and because I accepted Christ. Father, for those with whom we have prayer opportunity, help us to remember just one name this week, just one occasion that we can pray for someone other than ourselves and other than our own needs. For these, Father, who join us by internet, for those, Father, who are watching this via YouTube, we welcome them to our gathering. We're grateful that they are here with us as just as important as, as the people seated in this room today. And Father, for these prayer needs, we give you thanks that we're able to petition you. We're able to bring them to you, and we're able to lift these people up to you. Thanking you in advance for the work you're doing in their life on the time schedule that is appropriate for you. And help us, Father, to be sure to give you all the praise for every act, every opportunity, every situation that we bring to you, because it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Oh, who this young man is. He's my youngest son, Greg, and the father of the two most beautiful grandchildren in the world. So he's going to come and sing for us this morning. I want to walk with you, Jesus. Feel your presence. Know you're near. I want to see. to hear you now I need to know it's you I'm standing on your promises I know your words are true you're bigger than what I see it's you in exchange for me and even the impossible can be reality Jesus I believe
need to hear you now. I need to know it's you. I'm standing on your promises. I know your words are true. You're bigger than what I see. And it's you in exchange for me. Because even the impossible is your reality. Jesus, I believe. I know your words are true. You're bigger than what I see. It's you in exchange for me. Because even the impossible is your reality. God, even the impossible is your reality. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. Paul is an attorney by background and a learned Jewish scholar. And in that letter to the church at Philippi, Paul helped them understand what it means to be a Christ follower. Paul leveraged all that he knew and all the training to help people clearly understand the behaviors and practices of following Jesus. And you see, this was an important issue for the early church because they were living in a time of confusion. The culture was chaotic. Idolatry was rampant. And Paul, in his 
way of helping people, educating people, brought a clear knowledge to the church at Philippi. He wanted them to stay focused. He wanted them to remain vigilant in the faith. No matter their background, no matter where they came from, he wanted them to stay focused on the centrality of the gospel, and that's Jesus Christ. Leave things behind. Watch what you say. Watch what you do. If you'll take a copy of God's Word, there are copies in the pew in front of you, and turn to Philippians chapter 4. There's a great passage starting in verse 4. We'll not be using the screens this morning for me as pastor does. We'll be old school in the Word of God. And if you would like to, the copies are right there in the pew in front of you. If you prefer not, that's perfectly fine. But Paul, in his writing to the church at Philippi, said the following, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then, as a result of that, as a follow-up to that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And our text for this morning, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable or of good report, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The message this morning is titled, Good Report. And I don't know about you, but when I go to the doctor, I want a good report. When I am sitting with my supervisor at work, and I'm having my annual evaluation, I want a good report. When I have grandsons who are gifted and talented in soccer and I ask their mom, how did they do at practice? I want a good report. It's normal that we want a good report. And Paul is saying among the many things, whether it is true or whether it is noble, whether it is praiseworthy, think about a good report. Now, the Bible is very clear. There are good reports. An example of that is what we studied this morning in Bible study at 9.30, a shameless plug for Sunday school. But we're in 1 Timothy, and we talked about overseers and deacons this morning. And these should be men of good report. We've talked about and pastor has talked with us about the ministry of Cornelius, the centurion, and he was of good report. 
The Bible also talks about evil report. When the 12 spies spied out the nation of Israel, the land of milk and honey, they came back with what God's word calls an evil report. They were not aligned to God and his providence or his word. When we think about Nehemiah, and he's building the wall, and Nehemiah has adversaries, and they were going to create an evil report to get back to the king so that the work on the wall would have to stop. God's word talks about good report and evil report, but it's Proverbs 15.30 that I've come to love so very much about a good report. The light of the eyes rejoiceth in the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. If you've ever thought that you were big boned, God's word says that you like good reports too much, that we are in fact big boned. God is using humor and subtlety to help people understand that there is good and there is evil. What I'd like to do today is I'd like to focus these next few minutes with you on the ABCs of a good report at First Baptist Church of Sandy Springs. I'm doing that as a member of this fellowship for the last six years. I'm doing that as a Sunday school teacher for the last five years. I'm doing that as a deacon in the church for the last couple of years, and I'm doing it today as chair of the deacon since January. It's not about my role or my position. I'm just establishing my lens for you so that when I talk about the ABCs of a good report in this fellowship, you'll know from where I'm speaking. But before we go into that, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us in this place. I thank you for those that have come through the doors into this fellowship today for this gathering. This is a holy appointment, Lord. None of this is a surprise to you who will be here, who would be sitting here, that I would be here, that they would be here, and that we'd be talking about this fellowship and a report on this fellowship in the lens of your word. Not as man sees it, Father, but as your word shows it. So help me to be faithful, Father, to your word today as we look at this fellowship and the things that you're doing would be my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to use several scripture passages. The A of the ABCs is the word action. The B of ABC is the word budget. And the C of the ABCs is the word congregation. And I'm going to be walking through each of those and giving you a summary, a report, using God's word to delineate where we are and if we are being successful and faithful to God's word as a fellowship. Can we say we have a good report? In the New Testament church, in the book of Acts, chapter 6, there is some kerfuffle that's going on related to the treatment of widows. The early church is growing. 
and there are a number of different groups of people. They would be today what we would refer to as a diverse group of people. They were socially diverse. They were educationally diverse. They were economically diverse. They were maritally diverse. Inasmuch as the widows of some groups appeared to be receiving preferential treatment. And the apostles, the twelve, noticed the gap that was growing. And rather than stop their ministry to heal the potential wound in the new church, they made a God-inspired, Holy Spirit-driven decision. Acts chapter 6, verse 6, we begin to read, In those days when a number of disciples, that's membership, that's believers, that's Christ followers, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained that the Hebraic Jews, because of their widows, were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, he's talking to the disciples, he's talking to Christ followers, he's talking to you and me. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And we'll turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. So they chose Stephen, a man of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and also Philip, and Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So out of disagreement and some disharmony, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit enabled the disciple, the apostles, to make a judgment about the implementation of deacons. So again, for those of us who were in Sunday school this morning, we talked about the overseer. That would be the 12 apostles. And we talked about the work of deacons. And that would be the seven that they chose on this occasion to minister to the needs of widows in particular in the church. What God is doing, he's given us a, an order, a system, a methodology so that we could care for the church. And we have the same system here at First Baptist. We have a pastor, an overseer, a minister of reputation, a minister who has grown in the faith in succeeding years. And we have deacons. There are five of us, for those who do not know, there are five deacons in this fellowship. The five are Harry Angevine, and Frank is a deacon, and Hal is a deacon, and John is a deacon, and I'm a deacon. Where they had seven, we have five, and our primary responsibility is to care for the fellowship. 
we need to be caring for the congregation. That's the charge and the challenge. But if I'm giving you a good report and the A is action, I need to be talking about some of the things that we're doing as deacons. And one of those things is extending a relationship with Orbit and extending a relationship with Cumberland Academy. For those of you who do not know, we are in the middle of a campus filled with young people and their families. And you'll look around this sanctuary this morning and you'll say, well, I, I don't see all of them. And I would say to you, that's just fine. We have 108 students over here at Cumberland Academy to my left. Downstairs on the ground floor, we have more than 300 students with orbit. With their families, we're in excess of 600 people on this campus routinely and regularly. A mission field, if you will, come to us where we can minister to the needs that they might have. So we are building bridges as deacons to both of these organizations. As deacons, we're also working on the Constitution and bylaws. It's very important that we bring the needs of the church into this century, and we're working with documents that are mid-1990s. Nothing wrong with that. The church continues to grow. You're evidence of that by being here today. But let's be thoughtful about how we conduct ourselves and how we align to the word of God. And ultimately, the final action of the three I shared with you is we're continuing the legacy of people like Charlie and Ralph and Buddy and others who have been deacons before us and cared for the ministries of this church. So as we look at the New Testament in the book of Acts chapter 6, we see that there was an opportunity to create deacons. I'm reporting and giving you a good report today on the work of the five deacons in this fellowship, along with Pastor and Teresa. There's not a time when we meet as deacons, Pastor's not there and giving a report. There's not a time that Teresa, as our treasurer, is not there giving a report. So as a work team... I can report to you that we are aligned to chapter 6 of the book of Acts in caring for this congregation. The A is action. The B is budget. And you would expect me to, if I'm giving a report and I'm giving you scripture as the basis of the report, there's only one area of God's word that I would go to, and it's the book of Malachi. It's the last book in the Old Testament before the period of silence, before the advent of our Christ. What God is doing in the book of Malachi is he is again chastising his people. You see, they had wandered away from him. Wasn't unusual. You and I wander away from God all the time. It's called sin. The difference for us and the difference with them is the blood of Christ is sufficient to cover us. The sin at this particular juncture in the book of Malachi was the withholding of offerings and withholding of gifts. That God had been very clear about what he expected his people to do. And despite some common day, current day, evangelical ministers who tell us the Old Testament is passé, and this particular text is no longer relevant, I assure you, 
the word of God is complete and relevant for you and for me today. It's as vibrant as it was the day it was penned. Malachi chapter 3, God is having a conversation with the children of Israel. And God says, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But the people asked, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings is what he responds. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, not just part, not just what you feel like, not just the seconds. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there'll not be room enough to store it. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, said the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, said the Lord Almighty. The book of Malachi, God's people stepped away from him. At First Baptist Sandy Springs, God's people are stepping toward him. The good report on budget comes that through the end, through the month of May, just concluded financials, we're ahead of plan for the year. Not only are we ahead of the plan by several thousand dollars, but at the end of last year, we were ahead of plan and set aside reserves that we can now use to bolster this building that turns 50 years old this year. Things that you think and we think are necessary to continue to sustain a ministry in this place. The aesthetics, the structure, and the upkeep. What this really reflects is the heart of God's people being moved by the Holy Spirit. Giving is not a function of writing a check or paying by card. Giving in this church is a function of God's movement among his people. And we began to see that movement last spring as numbers and dollars began to shift. This is a church that is, was some years ago on the brink. A church where people gave and gave to save it. This is a church where God's hand and God was not finished with the ministry. And we began to see last spring some movement in our financials. And if you look at the bulletin today, on the back of the bulletin, as we do every Sunday, we publish the numbers from the previous week's giving. If you pull bulletins for this year, you'll see previous week's giving often over the budgeted need of the church. That's why with confidence last Sunday, the church voted so that pastor could begin the search for a youth minister. We have stabilized our giving. God's people are listening to his direction and we are now able to think about growing our staff as we grow our ministries. That's a good report on the budget. So A is the action of our deacons in this place. 
B is the budget and the giving of God's people, and C is the congregation. The book of Hebrews and the author of Hebrews gives us great instruction about being a Christ follower. It does that by using examples. If you think about Hebrews chapter 11, it's the call, the roll call of the saints. It is those that are of faith. It is those that God worked through and used successfully for his ministry. Not unlike you and I, his use of us in this place. At the same time, um, in chapter 10, before that roll call of saints, God gives us an, um, a, a word of, of perseverance. He wants you and me in this place to persevere. And here's what he says. The author of Hebrews writes, Therefore, brothers and sisters, writing to the faithful, writing to Christ's followers, writing to you and to me, since we have entered confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Christ, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur each other toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day of his appearing approach. God was very clear in writing Hebrews through its author that we are to persevere. And not because we enjoy the assembly of the saints. I literally enjoy seeing my Sunday school class every Sunday. I enjoy seeing and engaging and interacting with them. But that's not enough. We're to engage and we're to be present and we're to be in this place because of the blood of Christ and the hope that that offers for you and for me. Our commitment to Christ is not only under the B of budget, but under the C of congregation. We are to physically be present together. And we are to welcome others beyond the walls of this church. Michael Beasley and others are involved in our YouTube ministry and live streaming our services. And I know from watching that every Sunday and looking at the numbers that we now have dozens of people who are watching this service and watching you and watching me so they know what Christ can do for them. We have a Facebook page where we have more than 5,000 people who like our page. Most of those people will never enter through these doors in this place. But I can tell you that hundreds, literally hundreds, participate daily in our scripture posts. And when we ask for prayer, 
People come from all over and will pray for prayer needs that we post on our page. To give you an example, I, I, I smile and I laugh. We had a post 10 days ago that more than 20,000 people saw. And you'll say, Mitch, I don't see 20,000 people here today. And I say, that's all right. I know 20,000 people saw this post. It was one of our daily scripture posts, except it wasn't a scripture. We had more than 450 people touch this post, meaning they either copied it, shared it, or wrote a note to us about it. 450. And what was this post, our largest one ever? If a backslider shows up at church and all you remember is what they've done, you're the first one that needs to be at the altar. Twenty thousand people found value in thinking about a simple statement. If a backslider shows up at church and all you remember is what they've done, you're the first one that needs to be at the altar. Between our Facebook page and our YouTube streaming, we're moving the message of this church beyond the walls. We need to be thoughtful. We need to be welcoming. We need to be grateful. And I know we are. But as I close our time together this morning, I've covered the ABCs. I've covered action, the work of our deacons and its alignment to the New Testament deacons. I've covered budget. I've linked back to Malachi and what we're supposed to be doing is bringing tithes and offerings in and God will bless and multiply. Well, we are and he is. And I close with congregation because we're not to forsake this assembly. We're not to be absent from this assembly. We are to be physically, emotionally, spiritually present to be built up as a body of believers. And it's not just the people in this room. It's literally thousands across the globe who are here with us, not in person, but in spirit. So while I've given you a good report on this fellowship, I want to close by telling you it's not enough. There's only one thing that matters, and it's not the action of five good men. It's not whether we beat budget or not, and frankly, it's not whether you're here or not. There's only one thing that matters. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. That's all that matters. And all that matters to me this morning in this good report is do you know Jesus? Some of us have been on this journey with Jesus a long time and are yet are, are, we, are, are, we, are, we are like babes still drinking milk. So I encourage us this morning with a good report not to glory in the report, not to glory in any of these aspects. Just be confident that we are aligned to the word of God. That's where the confidence comes from is in Christ 
But if you don't know Jesus this morning, that's the only thing that matters because that's what secures eternity. The work of five deacons, the giving of a church family, and attendance on YouTube is not the security of eternity. Only the blood of Christ will do that for you and for me in this place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your rich word that anywhere we turn, we can look into and understand clearly what you'd have for us to do and to be as Christ followers. We need not guess. You've given us a roadmap from Genesis to the Revelation, from the beginning to the end, from Alpha to Omega, there is none other but you to whom we offer our praise and glory. We take no praise in the good report, but you encouraged us to think about those things that are praiseworthy, that are honest, that are true, that are of good report. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for the people of God in this place. Now, Father, as they leave this place, I pray a blessing upon them that you will light their path, illuminate their mind, spur their heart to the things of heaven, for that day is fast approaching. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great week, and God bless you.